Hello and welcome uh, once again to the Urban Gardening Food and Wellbeing Podcast. Here we are now on episode 7. Without a doubt, it's an extremely busy time in general, what with the kids going back to school and trying to get their head around everything that's currently going on in the world. I know I'm finding it challenging to stay positive these days. Now that said, the garden is, is like a sanctuary for me and helps, helps keep me sane. Spending time out in the allotment is not only good for the body and the mind, but being outdoors and working with the soil and the plants, especially the edible ones, is really beneficial experience that's guaranteed to lift your spirits and put food on the table. So this week, uh, I first up, I, I've chatted with Brian O'Neill about making the most of balcony gardening. Brian lives over there in Sheriffer in one of them fancy apartment blocks up near the point. And there's a gansy load of building work going on uh, with next to no space factored into the equation for gardens, allotments, parks or green spaces. So if you're lucky, you're lucky if you even see a plant box or a tree over at that end. Uh, after that, I caught up with Martin Matthews over in the Honest to Goodness Market who shares his wisdom on gardening for beginners doing uh, all you uh, urban gardeners out there uh, thanks for tuning in um, I'm sitting here with uh, Brian O'Neill who's uh, kindly agreed to have a little chat with us about uh, a concept that may or may or may not be familiar to a lot of you but I, I, I'm fascinated by it and uh, Brian's going to tell us a little bit more and, and he's what you'd, you'd call he's definitely uh, like I'll let you I'll let you listen to him describe himself but i see him as definitely a bit of an urban gardener like myself you know and he's uh he does quite a bit of uh an idea or a concept which is kind of called balcony gardening you know because i guess in these kind of smart cities or these you know in the flats and stuff there's not a lot of space for gardening so we kind of make the most of our, our balconies and i got a lot of stuff growing out in my balcony um various bits and pieces but uh brian's balcony is even even smaller uh isn't it brian and yeah. like how did you first kind of get into that whole kind of growing stuff on the balcony um i suppose for me the boys um i'm only over there jeez what the three odd years it's a Oh, where's that? Where's my neighbor? I'm over in um, Upper Sheriff Street. Right, right. Um, and I'm on a fourth floor balcony. Yeah. And it's small, yeah, it's small. Um, I'm a not complete novice, completely inexperienced in any sort of garden. And I do remember as a kid, um, the parents, my man, dad, my dad, they'd had certain things at the back garden and that, you yeah. know. Them, them ground strawberries and marrows and things like that. I do always remember those to be saying things, but that's, that's when I was pretty young. And then I think they like what age would you have been? Small back garden and things, it's pretty small, but they'd have certain things, you know. But then I think it got patty old and different things happened, and yeah. It, it went, you know, like when you say pretty young, are you like kind of short I'd trousers say, kind of thing, or oh, I'm talking early primary school, ah, okay, yes, yeah, 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 and by the time. I was pre-teens, it was probably, it was probably no more really mm. growing mm. out there. I think my mum has a little bit out there at the minute, one or two things, you know. Yeah. She became, she, my mum would have been always keen on gardening anyways, but more so after those times, it was more so um, flowers and plants and yeah shrubs, bushes yeah. in the garden and that, you know. So I suppose there was a little bit of influence from, from that end, mm. you know. So... As it says, I only moved into my apartment, um, first floor. I'd say my balcony. It's it's only it's it's maybe going going outward in 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 width. It's only uh, going outward. It's only about two three foot. Wow. Yeah. In length, it's about eight. Yeah. Eight foot, I'd say. Um, 
So you have little to work with. Um, again, a lot of the, for me, a lot of the time it's trial and error with stuff that I'm plant that I've planted. Um, what kind of stuff have you got out there? Or what kind of setup have you got? To set up kind of again, kind of land as we went, mm. whereby you nearly have to tear and layer things. Right, yeah, so, yeah, but yeah. By, by using, I had little, I had little four-legged seats yeah. that you could sit on. Class, yeah. Tin seats. So by putting one, say, a big pot with spinach and stuff on the top of that, you can put other smaller things underneath it. So you're kind of, you're learning, you know mm. what I mean? I have a few kind of, th- I have another little compartment thing as well where you can, almost like shelving, like a little set of shelving where you can stick different plants. You ever see or, them in the rice paddies in Asia where they, they have these yeah. kind of layered shelves yeah. going up the side of mountains yeah, and stuff? Yeah, so where, yeah, and, and even with, um, you know, some of the, some of the, the, the plant containers you can buy that, that hang, they nearly have to hook things where you hang over and so it's going over yeah. over the balcony side. Yeah. We also in recent times have manipulated a bit more space. Um, sorry, I'll go back to what we've been wrong. Yeah, sorry, spinach. Um, I can some of the the you know the, the micro green mm. alfalfa and things yeah, like that yeah. because they grow very quick and very good for you. Very very good for you and you only you can you can grow small amounts. They grow fast, mm. you know. Um, I have I, I grow things like lavender and that as well really? and herbs. Uh, oregano I have over there at the moment. Oh, mint. Lovely. Again, mint can be handy because it grows. It can great in the rosy leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So herbs can be kind of convenient. But yeah, going back to, I manipulated a bit more space because being on the fourth floor, my bedroom then is above the main door where people walk in. Okay, yeah, yeah. So outside of my bedroom window, there's a ledge of Mm. the porch, say, you know, from the main door. Mm. So I have put things on top of that now. So I kind of have an extra little bit of a balcony. Right. You know, so I use, I also use, um, I don't know what you call them. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, as, as I said, I'm completely um, inexperienced in it. So as I go, I wouldn't be familiar with names of yeah. certain things. But those containers that um, they're nearly almost like troughs, they, they may probably about maybe three foot, two foot, three foot long. Yeah. Maybe eight, eight inches in depth. Like flower boxes or something. Like flower box, yeah. like a flower yeah. box, that's what you'd call them. You put them on windowsills. Yeah. So you'd have some of them. Along along my window as well. I also use indoors though mm. to boost too mm. um, for certain things. But definitely for plants. Um, non edibles. Non edibles. Yeah. Uh, aloe vera. I have a fair few aloe vera. Yeah. And again, you can, I've, I've used them like sunburn and, yeah. and things yeah. like that. I think I've actually used them in cold. They sell them. It? They actually sell the leaves of them in, in in the Indian shops, the halal shops. They sell big leaves of them. And the Indians buy it and just like extract the stuff out of it yeah, and eat it. Yeah. Like it's very you good for you. Actually, freeze them and stuff yeah. as well. You can. Um, and, and yeah, in the summer they're, they're, they're good for the, the likes of things like some, but they're a good antiseptic. Mm. Um, and I've actually moved on to I'm doing my best in, in more recent times too, Toby, because the boy, sorry, because um, you don't be, yeah, yeah. you don't know what you're eating these days. You don't know what you're consuming, mm. um, and and even in regards to. Uh, I, I tend to use things like um, baking soda, lemon and things now around the house for disinfectants and stuff as well. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Rather than using all the chemicals. So I find then having the plants in the house, um, again, they're good for taking in a lot of the, the, the crap that's in the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and purifying, purifying 
just where right. I'm living. And especially where I am at the moment too, there's a lot of building going on, there's dust everywhere. So I think just having a lot of plants in the house helps to neutralise a bit. Yeah. I'm forever sweeping around and cleaning with the dust, you know, yeah, once I yeah. open the balcony door. Um, but if I'm just having a lot of plants and greenery there, um, because it's, it's a, it's a built-up area, it's a concrete jungle, I suppose, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it, it is part, it's part of the smart city area that's yeah, becoming, yeah. that part of the docklands, you know, although my own apartments aren't actually smart, but a lot of the new ones that are being built around there are of the smart city type, you know. When you say smart city, what do you mean by, what does that actually mean, like? Well, a lot of them are, are, are combined housing, where people are kind of combined. Yeah. Um, you could have a lot of different people, not just similar to student accommodation in many ways. Yeah. Um, different people live. Um, definitely the tech element to them. They be um very tech orientated. Like mm. automatic light switches, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, everything smart know, sensors, everything on sensors, yes, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like as yeah. in your smart your smartphone, your smart TV, everything will be smart. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly what way they work, but I'll be looking at them sometimes as I'm walking by and trying to figure them out. Um, you can actually see that they're... But is that a conscious lifestyle the choice for people to, to live like that? Like, they have to go out and buy those smart TVs and smart things. They don't just move in and it's all kind of there. Like, it's, is it just a sign of the times and the way kind of society's evolving? Or For a lot of people, I think it'd be a conscious choice because they want to because you do want to keep up with technology and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. On the other hand, for someone like me, it'd be, it'd be a conscious decision to have less and less in that, mm. of that. I wouldn't mm. have... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be I don't have Wi-Fi in my house. I yeah. don't want Wi-Fi in my house. Mm -hmm. If they offer it, which they will probably start offering it for free, I won't, I'll do my best to not. There'd be, like be like a plug socket on the wall where you just plug into the metaverse and yeah, it's all free want, and you'll go and live in there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They want you constant, constantly connected to that and that's what, what way the smart cities are too. So how does the, uh, how does the gardening, like, does it, do you so kind of get from what you're saying is that the gardening kind of changes the, the energy and the gaff and the plants and the greenery, greenery it, it kind of gives it that kind of calm and kind of more natural kind of effect, yeah. keeps you in touch with nature and yeah, when all that madness yeah. is going on around it. Even if I'm down the, the shops and it could be even Aldi Little and, and you have a look, you have a few you know, plants in and you might just bring home one plant. Yeah, yeah. And that one plant was added into the rest of them <coughs> changes. You get a buzz out of yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely a change definitely. the boil. Yeah, hundred percent. It really, really does. Even if you haven't bought any new plants, even if you planted a few, or even if you just moved some around, and um, as I said, a lot of the time it's trial and error for me. Mm. Um, we've had times where I probably had indoor plants outdoors and vice versa, and wondered why then they start withering, and so there's so, a lot of. Even with watering and stuff, yeah. a lot of the time with plants are not... You're trying to Google what type of plant this is, how often do I water yeah. it or not, and because it's going to be funny, you know? Mm. So there's a lot of trial and error. And, and do, they, do they... Like, you know the idea of, like, that's a perennial... Like they, some plants are called perennials because yeah, they, they yeah. come back every year, you know. Yeah, but, but like I'd have some of them where yeah. I wouldn't have known they were perennials yeah, yeah. until they came. I thought they're dead, but it may just leave them anyways. It could yeah. be the middle of winter and I'm not going to stay you know, about till spring to start adding new stuff, then all of a sudden this one pops back up again. They, they go into hibernation, they go yeah, into hibernation yeah, for a while, yeah, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, does you get a little kick out of that when you see that's popping yeah. back up again? Yeah, like, you yeah. Know. It's probably one of the reasons why um, 
I, I, I came to leave them for a while because you don't know mm. if, it, if I'm unfamiliar with the plant mm. I don't know if it's dead or if it's going to kind of pop back up you know yeah. so it, it's but again it's, it's all in and it's all in as you go and so like would you ascribe to the, the, the kind of idea or the concept of like you know when you're looking at when you have like live stuff in your house you know plants and, and shrubs and stuff and, and they're alive and, and they're mm-hmm. living and you're, mm-hmm. you're you know you're looking after them you know and you're yeah. in tune with your Arcadian rhythms you know you're yeah. you're in tune more yeah. with nature and, and the night and the day and, and like you're yeah. actually you know you're actually learning to yeah. to you know and to kind seasons, of care yeah yeah and you're learning to care for, for a plant and you know are seasonal as well yeah, yeah you're learning to feed it and water it and stuff Definitely. like you know um, and even even going into that, I, I have uh, of two budgies. Ah, right, cool. Over there as well, and um, I just they just I just let them out. That cage is open. Deadly. I yeah. let them out um, early days, and I'd used to put them back in, but they wouldn't want to go back in, so I'd have to chase them down. And it used to kill me. Yeah. Without the boys, I used to kill yeah. them. It's to be real bad. You'd be running around trying to catch mm. them, and you know you're scared them. Yeah. So I done that for a bit in the early days of having them, and then. I just left. I, they they learn. I, I I seen I, I seen that when they come out, they they usually fly to the, the lampshade. Yeah. Now, the only issue is you put a bit of we put a bit of newspaper on the ground for yeah. in the yeah. the gold toilet, you know. Um, but I realised that no, they're, they're capable of going back in now, get their water, and they'll fly back out. So I just I've just left them. Brilliant. I've just left Brilliant. them, and as I said, it gets a bit dirty. There's feathers and stuff. You give it a bit yeah. of a clean. Yeah. Sure, it's the same with me. I have a cat, like, and I'm constantly going around chasing the fur, you know. Yeah, and you, you yeah. don't want to keep them inside all the time. You want it; they're they're wild. Like she brought up two mice yeah. this week, caught two mice on two different days, and dragged them up the stairs and brought yeah, them in. Yeah, yeah. Let them down in one go. And that's it. It's it's natural. Yeah, for them, you yeah. Know? So that's the whole thing about gardening I'd and, be and nature. I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd just be, I'd be joking in my own mind, mm. you know, when we're laughing about it, and I'd be thinking. The two budgies, they think they're great. They're out of the matrix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're in the room flying around on their other things and then they'll pop back into the matrix cage for something. To yeah, do. yeah. Little do they know that they're not out of the matrix till they get out my balcony <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> into the real world. Plato's cave. They'll be savaged by a bloody uh, An a seagull or something. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, I had too much guilt about locking them back in the cage mm. that's been honest mm. it was like give them a bit of bloody freedom yeah. and especially with the time that's been got in the last few years in regards to my own beliefs and feelings about everything that's happened yeah. in regards to freedoms yeah. um, I've, I, I can't put them back in the cage yeah, that, that's really that's yeah. really uh, emblematic it's really mm. symbolic of, really of the times we're living yeah. in it's really good stuff and I love listening to them yeah. I love listening to, even, even if you wake me up in the yeah. morning that's cheap and I love it yeah Class. love it Class. Listen, we're 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 just on fourteen minutes, so we're gonna I'm gonna kind of leave it there, uh, Brian. No but I I just love to ask you, like, if you were given, uh, if you were to give a tip out to somebody starting off with any sort of gardening, be it like a, you know, urban gardening in your back garden or on your balcony or mm. even just a house plant, like, how would you like? How would you start off, like, you know, um, what what would you start with? Start off by starting off. Yeah. And not worrying yeah. about oh, is this going? Am I doing this wrong? Or am I? There's enough information there for any of us for, for starting out with any of these things. And even if you feel your little space, or if you haven't even got a balcony, you know, um, do a small bit of research on what you can actually do mm, and what brilliant. you can manage within yeah. your own house, like you yeah. know, um, or within whatever whatever you have, yeah, whatever you have, and and there will be something, there will be something, you know, yeah. um. 
And just for me, as I, I said a number of times, call an error. Mm. Don't be afraid to call an error mm. and, and making a few mistakes along the way. Mm. Brilliant. You know, uh, that's what, that's what I, I'm constantly getting things wrong or something as diet and I'm wondering what happened there. Sure, yeah, 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 but yeah. you move okay. on to the next. Yeah, cool. that's what I find, you know. All right, yeah. brilliant. Brilliant. Listen, Thanks nice one, man. Boys. Great Thank chat you. to you. Really, really fascinating stuff, man. Thank Thanks, you. Brian. You're listening to the Urban Gardening Food and Wellbeing Podcast with Tobias Gunn. We're, we're up here uh, in Glasnevin and it's absolutely lashing out of the heavens I'm, and I'm sitting here with Martin and we're just kind of shooting the shooting the breeze. We were kind of discussing there about like listening to the news there earlier and about the kind of energy price hikes and the way the way things are going and, and like how you know, how how the challenging times that we're living in, how difficult it is to have a bit of peace of mind and to be kind of like, to, you know, to stay positive. And, uh, you know, Martin is a kind of expert or an abbot gardener, you know, and, and I was kind of just wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit, Martin, about like <clears throat> the benefits basically of gardening and, and being able to kind of get away from all the madness and, and go in and, and into this kind of like little oasis that might be a garden or a potted plant or whatever. And kind of like, how, how would you you kind of see how would you kind of interpret and kind of conceptualize gardening in these times that we live in like say for instance the empowering process of growing your own food and stuff like and, and how that kind of benefits you in the long term yeah thanks for uh, having me back on Tobias mm. I appreciate you um, having me back on and yeah we were talking about a lot there and I'm, I'm trying to keep to uh, the specifics you know so yeah the, the energy prices are going up so if yeah. anybody can you know start getting their fires open and stuff like that and mitigate their uh, their costs there um, in terms of gardening, everybody should uh, should garden, you know, we're looking at a, a globalised world, everything is imported into the country, so, yeah, you know, yeah. we're going to run into issues all across the board, so everything is, is, is you know, is powered by uh, gasoline, oil and stuff like that, so mm. energy prices go up, food prices go up, you know, they're just intrinsically linked, Yeah. so if people want to get started in their gardens, the best place to get started is right indoors, you don't have to go out to the garden just yet, you can do some sprouts and you can do microgreens and they're super nutritious and you can have them available all year round. All oh, you have yeah, to do is yeah. have seeds and have yeah. a sprouting jar or you can have trays and you can get a compost and you can do microgreens. They're very easy to do and very easy to start with. Is that like kind of like kind of like how you'd grow uh, wheatgrass? You know, you just have a kind of like a flat tray and you, you just kind of literally put the seeds in. Yeah, so uh, wheatgrass would be one example of that, yeah. Other examples would be like uh, calabrese, broccoli sprouts. They're very nutritious. Nice. Radish uh, shoots. And are they kind of like, shoots. say nutritious, like like how kind of nutritious would you be talking about? They're, they're extremely nutritious. Like yeah. um, the broccolis and stuff and the radishes, they're up to 40 times more nutritious oh, wow. than the adult version. Wow. They're also full of all sorts of phytonutrients and stuff, you know, sulforaphane, uh, myrosinase. They're, they're fantastic for the body. And how would they, how long would they, would it take to, to kind of grow a batch of that? Yeah, so you're talking from week to week. So if you were yeah. to um, to sprout them indoors, you know, you know, room temperature 18, 23 degrees, they'd be up in two or three days. They'd be ready to eat within seven to ten days. And that's the fastest of them, radishes and broccoli and stuff like that. And you can have fresh, nutritious produce all year round, chemical-free. So it, mm. it is a great way of having fresh stuff to supplement your diet. If you want to start growing bigger, bulkier stuff, of course, you're going to have to go outdoors and start doing growing. That's what I'm kind of quite interested in as well. Is It's not, like, I guess the, the process of, of growing stuff that you can you can eat, like edible plants and stuff, as as in, you know, as opposed to, like, like you know, flowers and plants. Um, like, 
there's something kind of there's something really cool about the actual process of, of going out into the garden and getting your hands dirty with the soil and and you know working with working with the earth itself um, and it's it's almost like I find it like it's almost like being in a meditative state and I always come away from it in a really good kind of headspace I mean how does that happen what's going on there yeah well there's, there's so many different processes going on there you know the yeah. soil microbes there that you're you're taking into your digestive system which is uh, improving the uh, biochemistry of your brain and stuff you know so there's yeah. lots of different processes the fact that you're out in nature you're getting more vitamin d you're out in the sunlight you know so there is a lot of different processes going on there which helps your uh, your mental health Big um, time, yeah yeah like we're coming into uh, the autumn season now so the best thing what people can do is get in some onion sets get yeah. in some seed garlic and again you can do the sprouts and the microgreens uh, you can do some salad leaves over winter outdoors like there's loads of different types you can do uh, mustard greens you can do um onion uh, sprouts and stuff like that so you can pick off scallions and stuff pick the tops off you don't yeah. have to pull up the bulbs and stuff right. you know you can get loads of different types of outdoor perennial herbs cool. um, sage is a, is one that does well and uh, rosemary does well yeah winter and, savory Sorry, and, I, and i was um I was saying that, like, I was talking to somebody there just previously who I interviewed, and they're they're living down by the by the point by the tree arena, you know, and it's kind of like a, a massive smart city around there. There's there's very little uh, greenery. Uh, there's very well, there's next to none, and this dude's got like a kind of tiny little balcony, you know, and he he started off with just a, a kind of small three foot by four foot balcony you know um like what would you like is that it can you grow can it realistically can you grow it not or just up off the road like that would it would like fumes and fog smog and all that kind of stuff well any is there anything that you can actually yeah, grow out in the back he seems to be doing okay anyway with, with yeah. stuff you know but he's not growing much like he's yeah. got a few bits and bobs yeah if you've got limited space then what you want to do is find out where the sun is coming in on your balcony that's that's where you, you want your yeah. plants to face the sun obviously yeah. and then you can go up you have vertical space you know so okay, you, can, yeah. you can make a wall of herbs or a wall of different salads and stuff, you know. And if you're not getting an awful lot of sunlight, then you want to stick to the low light plants, you know. So yeah. if you're getting about six hours of light thereabouts or even lower, you, you want to stick to the likes of lettuce. You could do some um, some some bunch of onions and stuff, scallions. Again, you'll get the tops, chives. Um, mm. um, yeah. And then if you have a, a good south-facing balcony, you could do even some tomatoes and stuff. But if you want to get the highest re return for your time, Stick to the salad leaves, stick okay. to the um, yeah. the microgreens and stuff because you can cut and come again on the salad leaves, yeah. you know. The, so. other, the other thing like, I was interested to to rack your brain about and, and talk to you a little bit about was this, the idea of, uh, like are you familiar with the idea of gorilla gardening? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard of it, yeah. Like, this, this is where people are kind of uh, throwing stuff over gates and doing yeah. seed bombs and stuff. Like, like the, the idea that, you know, we have so little space nowadays and you know yourself and I know as well from having an allotment that it's really really difficult to get into an allotment these days yeah. you know they're like it's almost impossible like D Dublin City Corporation the, the waiting list is 15 to 20 years and, and even then they oh. don't guarantee you'll get into one that's crazy um, so <clears throat> the idea like I, I know that a bunch of kind of art students there like a few years ago uh went around uh you know when you know when nama had all these properties uh you know there's so many properties boarded up you know and, and a lot of them had kind of green spaces within them yeah so these guys would go in and you know transform the place overnight start growing veg you know make it like into into a little community garden yeah. and, a, and a lot of time you know around the city center a lot of the time they were getting like up to four to six months before they were evicted yeah you know um but you know i was just thinking like it, 
essentially can you just go you know could you just find an out derelict field somewhere and go in and, and grow stuff like just dig up like a little kind of four foot by five foot plot and start and start planting do you or do you need a consistent source of water do you have to have to, yeah like, absolutely like I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't condone anybody using anybody else's land you know you're going to run yeah, into trouble there yeah. you know and not the mention you're not going to get anything long term you know you yeah. couldn't when it comes to actually growing your own vegetables, you have to kind of have something that's a few years that you can use, you know, because you want to get the soil biology active, yeah, you want to get yeah, the nutrition yeah, okay, available, yeah, you know, yeah. you want to get the nutrients moving. But um, but yeah, you're going to need consistent sources of water, of course, and rain is great, mm. especially in Ireland, you know, we've got a great source of it, just look at today, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there's no shortage of water there, it's just storage, that's the problem, you know. Okay, and, and you know, like, what about, like, uh, like I live in the flats and, and the balconies there are kind of like a long kind of thin balcony you know kind of shared so I've, I've been experimenting with like buckets of soil and potatoes and, and kind of bay trees and lavender and uh, kind of stuff like that but I was I was always interested to to kind of to maybe try try out some of the grow bags but I, I was never really that confident because there just seems something wrong about having this kind of more or less flat bag with like big plants growing out of it like are they are they practical like how good yeah. are they like? yeah, they're, yeah they're very practical yeah we just have to cut a hole in them and the way you go you know the roots will do their thing yeah what i would what i would recommend is you know you can get a load of different types of pots and the most important thing when it comes to using your pots is making sure that the soil is well balanced in them you know so what would you what kind of like so would you make up your own mix or would you just buy you compost could or? no you can make you can make up a mix so you can get what's called a potting mix so it's going to be yeah. it's going to be more uh rough rather than the fine seed mix is that like a john inns or something like that you can use john inns yeah john i think john inns number two is a potting mix but it'll say on the bags a potting mix yeah and any good standard potting mix will do you because it has those large particles in it that allows for drainage you okay, want to have make sure you yeah. have decent drainage in a pot and then uh, not too much obviously you still want to hold on to moisture there would you put a few stones and stuff in you the can bottom put, yeah you can put a few stones in the end yeah and you can get in some uh, like i said pot and mix and then you yeah. can add in some seaweed um dust into that okay yeah you know and so then i've can, seen that in mr middleton's really yeah. nice organic galway seaweed dust yeah you can mix in a dust. little bit of that so that'll give you all your micronutrients and then you can mix in a little bit of a uh, chicken pellet just a little bit to get the plants going and then you can yeah. have a look then the plant is going to tell you everything you know Okay. If it's starting to be stunted and stuff, you can check. Maybe it's too wet land, uh, especially in this weather, or maybe they're too dry. In that case, you can have a little rain barrel, or you can have a little automated watering system uh, set up. They're very, very cheap and easy to set up. Right. Just get a little water timer, and you can get a, oh, cool. a little drip line or, or something like that. They can water your pots, or you can get self-watering pots. You know. What's uh, that now? What's so, the self-watering? Yeah, it's going to have a reservoir of water in it. You know, and oh, if it dries right. out, it'll just wow. uptake the water. Wow. So everything with gardening, especially on a balcony or any situation, preparation is key. You know. So get your get your little system set up. So whether you're going to be growing in pots or whether you're going to be growing in the field, make sure you have enough time to get things moving and make sure you have all your preparation done in advance. You know, okay. and then bring the plants in. You know. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. I do. You, do like just the one like because I want to talk to you now a little bit about you mentioned seaweed there and and it's just because I live down in uh, near the coast there in Rings End, and uh, this is kind of where the, the the kind of the radio Rings End Irish Town Community Radio like Rick Radio is based and I've often like I've bought I've bought the the dried seaweed as I was saying to you but I've always wanted to, to kind of because I live by the sea I've always thought about like there's gansy loads of it surrounded by it you know yeah, and I'm just wondering like is it is it fairly straightforward to, to make that stuff yourself or do you have to how do you get the salt out of it and, and, and that kind of thing like yeah like I've seen I've seen a few different ways you can use seaweed now obviously you want to make sure that the water quality is good quality you can check ah, okay. check online make sure yeah. it's good quality I know a lot of the seaweed stuff 
comes from the west coast, you know, which is yeah. uh, which is pretty much untainted. Right. But uh, yeah, if it's good quality seaweed, you can give it a wash and then you can use it. You know, you can put it directly on the plants, okay. and it'll start to break down pretty quickly. Would you put it like say like at the end of the season, around the, when you're finished growing for the winter? Would yeah. you put it down then and let in, it? Yeah, in an allotment scenario, again, a lot of this is circumstantial, depending yeah. on what your circumstances is. In yeah. an allotment scenario, what you could do is you could pile it up. You know, on the uh, on the beds, you know, on your yeah. soil, cover it with a tarp, and let let the uh, let it let the biology do its work. You know, yeah. another way of doing it is you can make a compost heap and add it into it, and then once that's broken down, then you can add that into your soil. You know, it's, so, it's ready to go. So if you like, if I if I put a load of it on my allotment now in in the next month or so and left it there for the winter, would it, that wouldn't there wouldn't be too much salt or anything in the soil by no, the next can, spring? No, just collect it, collect it all up. Yeah. you know, and then put it into a big bucket and rinse it off. Right. Make sure it doesn't have excess salt on it. And once yeah. you once you put it onto the uh, okay. the beds, then it'll break down. And it's, it's great stuff, real great soil conditioner and a real good uh, source of nutrients. Okay, deadly. Now the last thing I just wanted to touch on as well was I I started a worm farm there uh, a couple of months. Ago go and uh, I'm just wondering have you any kind of experience with worm farms or like any advice I'm on the second they, yeah, yeah. you know the way they come in boxes on top of each other yeah, yeah. so I've got the second box now on top and they're starting to come up through that but I got to the stage where they're kind of multiplying and, and I'm not really sure what to do with them you know whether yeah. to throw some into the into the allotment straight in or throw them into the compost heap or what to do like, yeah, you know, well, what they're, amazing, just, they're amazing creatures yeah. like, um, you would see closed boxes and they end up getting into it you know you don't know how yeah, well, like, they yeah. migrate they, they do their own thing you know and and if you find that they're overcrowded, yeah, just you know, put them into your allotment beds or whatever, or put them into your compost. But they're going to find the way you know that they, that they want to go. But, yeah, uh, the worm farms are fantastic. Um, it's again, it's all about design, making yeah. sure you have a good reservoir on the end to catch all that warm pee, you know, yeah. and you can use that then, you yeah. know, uh, you can dilute it down and then, yeah, just keep building up the layers. They love cardboard, shred it up. Okay, there's great designs online, just shred it up and you can give them all the uh, food waste and compost and stuff like that, you know. Deadly, and deadly. Uh, yeah, you have basically black gold there, you know. So, yeah, uh, the, one of the best sources of nutrition is a worm cast, which right. is what they uh, excrete, you know. So, once yeah. the eat goes through their digestive system, they excrete a worm cast, and that stuff is the best stuff that you can put into your soil. Um, this whole business is based on just worm castings, you know. They, they they put it into compost mixes and, and it's yeah. actually diluted down. But if you have a great source of that, yeah, spread it around. It's great for right. the biology. It's great for um, great for soil structure. It's a uh, it's fantastic stuff. Yeah. Okay, listen, Martin. Thanks very much for that, man. I just um, I suppose to finish up, like, is there any any like kind of tips or or advice or or anything that you might like to kind of say to the the potential novice urban gardeners out there for I suppose this time of the year, the season we're in now, like you know what would kind of be a top tip? Like, but is it time to start kind of closing the bed, the allotments down, or or is it is there still time to to plant a few onions or something like that? You know. I'd imagine a lot of people will be novices that are, yeah. are paying attention. So what I would say to you is is um, find people that are interested in what you're trying to get involved with and hook up with them. You mm-hmm. know, community is going to be the biggest thing going forward. And if you've got a few people, you can rent a plot of land. Yeah. It's not expensive, you know. Yeah. And uh, communication, community, and get things going. Yeah. You can use your balcony and get started with sprouts and microgreens. And if you have a little bit of land, you can get started with other things, you know. But uh, first and foremost, communication, community, and making sure people are working together. But uh, after that, then it's 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 information and getting the ball rolling. Brilliant. Listen, I'm gonna definitely drop down to to the to the setup uh, in the next few weeks and and kind of have a chat with you and, and Jay again. And listen, thanks very very much for for taking the time to chat with yeah. Martin. So there's still plenty going on out in the garden, and it's a it's a great time for thinking about winding down for the winter and making a plan for composting uh, and feeding the soil. There's lots also there's lots of fruits ready like apples and pears and plums. Uh, I I 
tend to make a lot of chutneys, jams or fruit compots at this time of the year. It's all, if your tomatoes as well haven't ripened and you have a load of green ones, you can make green tomato chutney. And the process of preserving food for the winter months is an activity that's creative, empowering and can be quite a lot of fun. It's really easy and there's loads of YouTube videos that explain the process. If you type in whatever fruit you have, loads of nice tasty ideas will come up to choose from. So that's about it now for this episode. Next month I'll be chatting with a couple of interesting folk for your leisure. Talk to you then and remember get out into the garden and have a therapeutic chill and recharge the body, mind and spirit. And don't forget if you want anything specifically covered send an email into rickradio2020 at gmail.com. Thank you.